Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We are on the last of the five things that God wanted us to increase in. And I wanted to use this as a review and introduction of the fifth thing. And this is a, what is it? Okay, it's a puzzle. That's right. It's a puzzle. And it has a picture on front that everything inside this uh, box supposed to equal up to that picture that's there. And so in review, the first thing I did was to talk about our intimacy with Jesus Christ. That was the first thing. And that is actually like the picture that we're trying to be like. We're trying to be like Christ. That's what we're trying to be like. We're trying to be like Christ. We want people to say, you know, um, I don't go to church or don't read the Bible, but I tell you what, uh, you, uh, I don't understand it, but you, uh, I want to be like you. And we said, well, you know, when you see me, you'll see Christ. That's what we want to happen. And so when we see this uh, picture here, everything in this box is supposed to look like this picture. And inside this box, I said the the first thing was that we needed to have personal outreach. We need to increase our personal outreach, which goes in the box. We said the second thing is that we needed to be willing to serve in needed areas. That goes inside the box. Then the fourth thing we said we need to uh, desire to give like Christ gives because he gave everything he had in every area. And so that goes inside the box. Now, let me stop here and explain something that I might didn't explain is that these things that went inside the box, particularly the last one or even the, the third one, it depends on what God is doing in your life at the time. Because, let's say, intimacy with, with Christ. We said you need to increase that. Well, it, there might be a time in your life that you can't increase that. You just can't increase it. It might be a time in your life where you don't do anything with Christ. You don't read the Bible. You don't do anything whatsoever with Christ. You might go through a season like that. And you say, well, what kind of season is that? Well, I can tell you, if you land up in the hospital, you know, and, and got tubes in your nose, tubes every which way, you're not going to be doing nothing. You're not going to be praying. You're not going to be doing anything. And I was in that season where I was not reading my Bible. I, 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 wasn't, I, I couldn't read it. I, I wasn't doing anything, really. couldn't pray or doing anything. But that didn't hinder my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, didn't, I wasn't backslidden or any, any such thing, but I went through a season where I just couldn't do what I used to do. And, and some people might be in some of those seasons. You might be in a season where you, are, or you can't serve in, 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 the, in the body like you want to serve because maybe you're taking care of an a, a ill loved one at home or something, and, and you just, you, you're doing all you can to keep that loved one uh, from going, not, not going in a, 
nursing home and such a thing like that. So you're taking care of a loved one. It's a lot of different things in the area of, of, of giving like Christ gives. Uh, we said it needs a hard change for that to take place because it's a hard area for most people. But there, there, there are times where you, you just not, you're going to be in a season where you just can't give anything. How are you going to give something if you don't have a job? How are you going to give something? you got students who are in Liberty and other, other universities and things like that. Uh, they don't, they don't, they're not working. They're going to school. They're doing all they can to, to try to uh, get through these classes and make good grades. Uh, how are they going to give something? And so, so these messages like that, it, wouldn't, it would not apply to you to be able to do at that particular time. Now, it, it, of course, there's information that you need to categorize because God might have you to share with somebody something. Somebody might come to you and ask you some questions where you can, you can remember a message that, that, was, that was done that you might be able to share with it. But it's okay to be in a season where you just can't do any of it. But I wouldn't be teaching these messages. God would not be giving me these five things that need to increase if I was going to only teach to myself and the elders, would it? No, it wouldn't even be no point. But it, it, it has to be for, he gave it to me for a purpose, for, it's for most of the body. But I was just letting you know that, that everyone is not going to fall in this category, so don't uh, feel discouraged or any such thing as that if you hear something sometime that you're just not able to do at this particular time. It's okay. You're just in a season. It's okay. Now, we have the picture. We have the things that go inside. Now, you know these three things are not the only three things that go inside this box. Uh, Christ is, is so uh, uh, wide, high. He's, he, he, he's everything. He's everywhere. So, therefore, a lot of other things go in this box. Uh, the things that uh, Elder John has taught, uh, things that... Uh, uh, Sam has taught a lot of things go in this box. But we have the picture, and without this, we're not going to make it either. This is the bottom. And you said the bottom is not important. Well, if I would not have this, where would the pieces go? Just fall all over the place. So something has to hold the pieces in place. And that's where today's message comes in, holding the pieces in place. And what holds the pieces in place is number five that I'm going to talk about today, which is uh, God wants us to increase our unity. That was number five. Now, remember I told you I got these messages back when I was in the hospital, and, and I knew what I wanted to teach, but I just didn't know when, I, when or if I would be able to teach them. But I, I have faith that I would be at some point in time. So the fifth thing that God wants to increase in our lives is our unity in Christ Jesus. Let me explain what unity, um, what I'm not talking about. When I'm, when I'm talking about unity, I'm not talking about really being just in what the dictionary or Webster may say unity is. Unity is agreement. Unity is harmony. Unity is oneness. Uh, unity is taking all the pieces and putting them together 
making a whole and it's one. Like our bodies, our bodies have a lot of different parts, and our body uh, together is one body. We would not say that this is five puzzles in this box. When you buy a puzzle, it's only one puzzle in this box. Even though there are many pieces, this one has 550 pieces, so there are many pieces in it. Uh, so there are a lot of parts of unity that make up a whole. But I'm talking about not Webster, what Webster says. I'm talking about what the scripture says and what uh, we look up what that word unity means. It means oneness. That's what it means, oneness. And our example is not what the world says. Our example is not just what the dictionary says. Our example is Jesus Christ. Our example is the Father. Our example is the Son. Our example is the Holy Spirit. So we know that God, we serve how many gods? One God. Our God is one God. Is that correct? In Scripture, one God. The Lord your God is one God. Well, how can it be one God if we got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I really don't. And I could, uh, you know, try to tell you, uh, like you hear many people say, and you've probably said, and I've said, oh, you know, it's like water, it's like ice, it's like steam, it's like, you can say all the sorts of things, uh, but really, I don't know. I really don't. It's too vast for me. All I know is it's true. All I know is that, that even though the word Trinity is not in the Bible, I do know that the three persons of the Godhead is in the Scripture. I do know that. So, therefore, they put a handle on that doctrine. They call it uh, the Trinity. And so there is no division whatsoever in the Trinity. None. One God, three persons. Jesus said, I always do that which pleases the Father. That's what he said. And the Holy Spirit says, well, I do nothing on my own initiative. That's what he said. So they are one. They are in unity. They are in agreement. They are in harmony. And so when we try to be that, and, and that's what I'm calling for uh, in, in, the, in the scripture is that we need to be in agreement. We need to be in harmony. We need to be one. Even though there are many parts, we need to be one. Now, that is very important, but I want to add this. It has to be in unity with the word of God. It has to be in harmony with the Word of God. There, that we could, anybody can have unity. You don't have to be a Christian to have unity. You can have unity. Uh, we got gangs in Lynchburg. Uh, they're, each gang is in unity. They're in harmony with each other. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about unity around the Word of God. The Word of God is a standard. Without us being in unity with the word of God, there is no um, scriptural unity. Do you understand that, what I'm saying? 
There's no scripture unity if we're not in unity with the word of God. If we're not in agreement with, if we're not in agreement with the word of God, there is no agreement. I don't care what you, we can get. We can have a whole lot of folks uh, in unity to come against God. That, that it's not going to matter not a hill of beans, really, because we know that uh, that's already been tried. We know that. How did it end up? You know, ask Satan. How did it end up? You know, didn't end up too well. Ask the one third of the angels. How did it end up? Not too well because they're in chains now. It didn't end too well. There's nothing that's going to end too well when we, when we try to gather together against the word of God. Not going to happen. So that's what unity I'm talking about. Now I'm going to give you four things today uh, to answer a question. The question is, why do we need to increase in unity, really? Why do we need to increase in unity? I'm going to give you four things that... Uh, we need to do the first thing. Uh, I'm going to give you now. I'll come back to each one. Uh, the first thing is that uh, we need to be in unity. We need to increase our unity, really, uh, because God has commanded us to be in unity. That's a good first reason, isn't it? Because God commanded it. If he commands disunity, there's no point in talking about unity. But he's, he's commanded unity. God commanded it. That's one thing. Another thing is that it proves that we trust God in his ways. It proves that we trust God in his ways when we are in unity and we increase our unity. The third is that we want to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. That's why we need to increase our unity. We want to be like Christ. And the last one, the fourth way, is because God is glorified when we are unified. Okay, those are the four things I'm going to talk about today. The first one, let's go to, back to the first one. The first one, because God has commanded us to be in unity. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 22. And 23. It says, The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. Okay, why? Why, Jesus? Because this is, a, remember, this is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus to the Father. And, and this is what he's saying the glory I have. Uh, that you've given me, I've given to, to them. Why? It says, that, that means like because, that they may be one, just as we're one. So why did Jesus give us the glory that the Father had given him? That we may be one. Remember one of the uh, definitions of unifying around the word of God is oneness. I gave the example of the Trinity. Oneness. Well, that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be one. And, and he says that you're not going to be one unless I give you the glory 
that the Father has given me. You're not going to be one. Verse 23. I in them, now he starts explaining more deeply, I in them and you in me. That's unity, isn't it? That, because, in other words, that they may be perfected in unity. See, we can be perfected in unity as Jesus is in us, the Father is in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in us, we have the Trinity in us, we have unity in us, and so we should be able to be perfected in unity because we have the perfect ones inside of us so that the world, so that, this is important, that the world may know that you have sent me and, and, and love them even as you've loved me. And we know the Father loved the, loved, loved the Son. And he, but he says that I want you to be in perfect unity so that the world may know that you have sent me, Father. You have sent me to the world. And that I have loved them even as you love me. My goodness gracious. Do we doubt that it's commanded for us to be in unity? No, we don't doubt that. We're commanded to be in unity. Number two, because it proves that we trust God and his ways. I really can't say that I trust God and his ways if I'm not in unity with the word. If I'm not unified around God and his ways and his word, I can't say that. Because usually, if, if I don't trust God and you don't trust God, what does that lead us to do? Do something in our own flesh. Instead of waiting on God, we don't wait on God. We're going to make it happen ourselves. And we know what that gives us, don't we? Gives us Ishmael's. We don't want that. Okay. Let's look at Second Corinthians 13. Let's go there. Verse 11. This is the bottom of the picture-perfect puzzle. It holds all the pieces, regardless of what we put inside this box that looks like that picture, that goes along with that picture. It needs to be held together by unity. Verse 11. Verse 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. What's like-minded? Having the same mind, isn't it? And he's talking to the church, isn't he? He's telling the church, be like-minded. Be like-minded. Don't everyone have your own, own mind doing your own thing. Be like-minded. Live in peace 
Ooh. You can't have unity if you can't live in peace. Can't, can't, can't do it. And the God of love, it takes love to walk in unity, doesn't it? The God of love and peace may be with you. Jesus is the prince of peace, isn't he? So how are we going to have unity and we can't walk in peace? We've got to do our own thing. We can't do, we can't do what the word says. We can't wait upon God. We've got, we got to take matters into our own hands. What's going to happen is that we are out of peace. We're out of love. And we're out of unity. So the first thing we said was that we need to increase our unity because God commands it. Number two, we need to increase our unity because it proves that we trust God in his ways. Number three, why do we need to increase our unity? Because we want to be like Christ. We want to be like Christ. We want people to say, and I keep saying that when you see me, you see Christ. We're not there yet, but that's what we want to say. And that's what we want to be heading that way. We don't want to be headed sideways, backwards, down. We want to be headed directly into pictures. Let's look in Philippians. Let's go to Philippians. Uh, we need to go to Philippians chapter 2. Verse 2. And on down. We might go to verse 8. We might not. Make my joy complete. How are we going to do that? By being of the same mind. What is he saying? By being in unity, isn't it? Make my joy complete by being in unity of the same mind. Don't have all these different minds. Have the same mind. Maintaining the same love. United in spirit. Intent on one purpose. I believe, I believe God is serious about unity. What do you think? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Ooh, wow. That's interesting. Because that's hard to do, isn't it? To to regard somebody else more important than ourselves. That's that's hard. The only way we can do that normally, if they believe the same thing we believe, then we can say, well, you know, I, I, I regard you more important than I am. But we're not really saying that because they're the same as we are. Now, when you have somebody who believes different, 
and you say, well, ooh, I'm going to regard you as more important than me, then that brings unity. If we remember that the standard is the word of what? God. The word of God. If we believe differently, and you're believing the word, and I'm not believing the word, then I don't expect you to think more highly of me than you do yourself if, you're, if you yourself is standing on the word of God, and I'm not. We can't do that. That's called rebellion against the word of God. So we're not going to do that. Listen to what it says in verse 14. I mean, verse 4. Do not merely look out for your own interest. Don't look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Now, you can look out for your own interest, but not only for your own interest. Look out for the interests of others also. See, that brings unity because you're thinking of somebody else also. Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. And we know that Jesus doesn't have no bad attitude. He says, have the same attitude. And so if I want to be like Christ, I got to find out what, what, what kind of attitude do you have, Christ? He has the attitude, attitude of the things I just read. Then it goes on to explain how did he exemplify this attitude that we're supposed to have just like him. Who, verse 6, who although he existed in the form of God, and this is, this is now, God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he's saying that, yeah, you know, we are one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're in heaven. We're, we're doing, doing very well. But now, I'm not going to hold on to this thing. I'm God just like you. Why I got to go down there and be like one of them? Who I created. Send somebody else. No, he didn't, he didn't regard equality with God as something to be grasped. It says, but, verse 7, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, and being made in the likeness of men. Now, we don't know, we, we really can't probably think of how that how low he, he stooped. How low he stooped. You remember the little clay man you were making and you demonstrated, John? Is the green the, what's it called? Green man? Uh, who 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 somebody made. I think you made it, one of you. Okay, David made well well just think about it now. John, you say, I made you, so you do what I say do. Right? I call the shots. You don't call the shots. I made you. Well, just think about it. 
John humbled himself, lowered himself, and became a clay man, just like the one he made. Wow. Now, you know it's worse than that because Jesus Christ is God. I mean, he's eternal. Nothing that was made was made except, you know, separate from him. Everything that was made was made uh, through Christ. Nothing else. So we're talking about he existed long before any of us or anything. And here he lowered himself, humbled himself to become obedient to, to the point of death, even death on the cross, it says in, 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 in verse 8. Wow. Woo. But do you know what happens when, when, when that happens? God starts exalting Christ. Not because he just humbled himself. Not because he humbled himself to death. It's because he was obedient. He was obedient. But he does say, God resists the proud and giveth what? Grace to the humble. But this is, goes deeper. So the first one we said that we, we, ne- we need to increase our unity because God has commanded it. We, ne- we need to increase our unity because it, 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 it proves that we trust in God and his ways. We need to increase, increase our unity because we want to be like Christ. And the last thing is that we want to increase our unity because God is glorified when we are unified. Let's look at it in Isaiah 43, verse 7. Everyone... Everyone, not someone, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. The clay man. He says that I have created you. I have created you for my glory. For my glory. That's the fourth thing. We need to increase our unity because we need to glorify God. Because God is glorified when we are unified. That's one way he's glorified. Because we're unified. It glorifies him. We read it in the scripture. It is very, very, very important that we understand that nobody's going to take God's glory. Nobody's going to take it. And it's our responsibility being created by God for his glory to glorify him. What greater privilege do we have than to glorify our creator. It's like saying, you know, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's one way to say, thank you, Lord. We just finished Thanksgiving. 
Thank you, Lord, because you created me. Thank you, Lord, that you have given me an opportunity to represent you on my job, represent you to my family, represent you in the church, represent you everywhere I go. It's my privilege to do that because you created me to glorify you. I want to to cause you to shine. I want to call your brilliance to come about. I, I, God, I live to be, to be an instrument that you can be glorified. I think we sing a song sometimes. Uh, or maybe it was an old song. Maybe we used to be glorified. I don't remember that. Right, Sean? Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to add to this foundation that I'm building next week because this is why we should increase. Next week we're going to talk about, in all probability, how. How do we increase? I know that we, I, I know that we should increase now. You show them in scripture we should increase our unity. But how am I gonna do that in this situation? How am I gonna do this in this body? How am I gonna do this on my job? How am I gonna do this in my marriage? How am I gonna do this with uh, in, in, in this group of people I'm around? How am I gonna do this with the ones that, that dislike me and, and, and want to say all manner of evil against me? How am I gonna do this you know, in, in, in the church. How am I going to do this in the eldership? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? That's what we want to talk about next week because that's a vo- very important, isn't it? It's good to know that you, God is calling us to be unified and to increase our unity, but how are we going to do this in, in the hard areas? Because living life is not easy. We're not, we're not an island by ourselves, and we're the only one on this island. We have people. If you have one other person other than you, then you're going to have problems. Come on now. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. Whether, whether it's your marriage partner, whether it's your mama, daddy, whether it's your sister, brother, you know, is nobody to tell me, oh, you know, I grew up and I never had problems with my parents. I, I agreed with everything they did, everything they said. They told me, I said, yes, yes, uh, your humble, obedient servant, yes. Come on. It's not going to happen. not going to happen. Well, how do, we, how do we walk in unity in the hard spots? That's what we're going to talk about. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.